So just before we finish up today's show, I want to let you know about my next group program, my health kickstart and detox. The best way to start diving into your health, if this is what you're doing and my podcast is motivating you to get started, is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that, as well as digestion, because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. And so I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body, as well as sugar. Where is it sneaking into your diet, even when you're trying to be careful? Unfortunately, it's in everything these days, and so it does tend to sneak in. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success on your detox program providing recipes and meal plans, et cetera, so that you can truly enjoy the benefits of getting those toxins out. I've never had someone get to the end of my program and go, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Instead, I get to hear all of their amazing success stories like, wow, my I have such mental clarity now. My aches and pains are gone. I'm sleeping better. My bloating and gas and indigestion is gone. So I love hearing that. It motivates me to keep sharing with others because I truly do believe when we get the toxins out, when we create a body that is inhospitable to disease and we make it a lifestyle, that we can get rid of the chronic illness that we have in our world today. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. And if you have any questions, book a call with me so we can chat and figure out, is this the right program for you? I look forward to hearing from you. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. My name is Melissa Dealey, your host, and I'm excited to have a wonderful guest here today sharing her story, her health journey. Her name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. Welcome, Dina Lynn. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today, Melissa. This is great. I'm excited to have you and I really appreciate your time and what you're doing here and sharing your story because as we were talking about before we hit the record button, in sharing your story, you are providing other people that are, you know, going through similar struggles that you went through, you're giving them hope, you're giving them alternative options where they might feel like they don't have options. And that's really powerful because as I've said previously, when we have options, we have 
have hope and we can continue on the journey and keep moving forward with the belief that we can heal. Because ultimately, we have to believe that we can heal in order for the body to be able to heal because that mind-body connection is so strong. If we don't believe we can heal, it's not going to happen. But sometimes we get there because we feel stuck. We feel like nothing's working. We feel like we don't know where to turn. Mm -hmm. And that's where you sharing this story of yours is so, so powerful. So thank you for your time. And I'm just going to read a little bit about you and then we'll dive into, into your story. But I want people to know who you are as well. So Dina Lynn is a best-selling author, and we'll talk about that later, and a parent communication coach. And she speaks about her harrowing experience with Lyme disease. And that's what we're going to be diving into today. It is a debilitating illness, and I know there are many others out there struggling her healing journey has impacted many to change their own physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual lives. Prior to becoming ill, she worked as an English or as an educational speech language pathologist for 26 years, raised her now adult children, and ran multiple side hustles. As a curious learner, avid traveler, health advocate, and outdoor enthusiast, Dina Lynn loves an adventure. She has coached, taught, and mentioned many individuals personally and professionally through her own struggles, eventually being dubbed Mama Dina. I love that. Dina Lynn was born and raised in Minnesota and is currently residing in Rochester, Minnesota. So I align with much of that Dina Lynn, the you know health advocate, outdoor enthusiast, loving an adventure. And I'm so excited for our conversation today. And I'm going to let you take it away and dive into your story. Thank you, Melissa. So I was bit in 2016 in March. Now in Minnesota in March, we usually have snow. So when March 12th came around, nobody thought bug repellent. It was unusual to have snow gone. And we went out hiking in t-shirts and jeans. And this matters because um, when I had this bullseye rash and I went to the doctor later, they said, Oh, how long was the tick attached? I knew exactly. It was not days. It was just a few hours. The few hours tops were like three, maybe four. That's it. And so after this hike, I found a tick on my belly and I went to the doctor and I, I pulled this tick off and it was a deer tick. And I showed them this, this atypical rash. It was just just about as big as um, like my fingers put together here, like my forefinger and thumb in a circle. And then the center was about a pencil eraser that was purple and the outside was red and it was football shaped. So it wasn't your typical bullseye rash. It didn't look like the target sign. And the doctor that looked at it said, no, that's not Lyme. And so I got a second opinion and that person said, no, that's not Lyme. And they did the blood work and there was no um, positive result. It was negative. So I skipped away, left thinking, yay, it's not Lyme disease. And then um, I didn't put the pieces together myself for quite a long time. And I started having these random aches and pains in my body. I never got the flu-like symptoms. I never got the swollen knees. I never got the classic symptoms at all. And then 10 months later, so in January, remember this is March, all the way around to January, then I started feeling ill one day at work 
And within a matter of hours, I could hardly move. I was so tired, so lethargic. I couldn't believe what how heavy my body got all of a sudden. I left work early. I went home and I laid on the couch and I didn't really feel even somewhat normal for 10 days. And I missed lots of days of work. And um, did that feel a little bit like the flu, but maybe with, you know, without the nausea, just when you say your body felt so heavy and lethargic? Yeah, it was like the flu, but I didn't have a fever. I wasn't nauseated. I wasn't throwing up, but I couldn't move me. You know, like I was like, everything was so heavy and so tired like I hadn't ever experienced anything remotely like this in my life where I just physically could hardly move my body. And so I would like walk from the couch to my bed and I'd sleep for hours. And then to get from my bed to the toilet was like work. And then I, to get back to my bed and I'd sleep for a couple hours again. And I'd walk again from my couch or from my bed to the couch where I'd rest for two hours just from that walk. It was an unbelievable level of fatigue. But still, that doesn't match what they say you're supposed to get with Lyme disease. So I called the doctor and I said, what's going on? Do you have any ideas? And they asked the typical questions, you know, like, are you vomiting? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have a fever? All these things. And since I didn't, they said, it's probably just viral. Let it pass. It'll probably take about 10 days. It did take about 10 days. And then, but I never fully recovered. So I was back at work in 10 days, but I started sitting on the floor to see students. So I worked as a speech pathologist in the schools and I felt like I wasn't stable on the chair. And so I just invited students to sit on the floor with me because I felt like I might fall off the chair, which was kind of strange. And then I would walk up. Probably powerful because if sitting on the floor with the student, you're getting even more present with them. (laughs) So it could have been really beneficial for the student. And yet felt strange for you and you were doing it for other reasons, but there could have been a benefit to the kids from that. There was, there absolutely was. So I sat on the hallway floors and I sat in my office floor and I sat in the classroom floor. And then when I'd walk to the classroom, like there were times that I'd have to pause on the stairway trying to get up the stairs because all of a sudden, like one leg would stop working properly. And I'd be like, holy cow, I can't get my right leg to work. And it wouldn't work for maybe five or 10 seconds. And then it would work again. So then I started thinking, what's wrong with my brain? This Mm -hmm. is really weird. Like, is this a mental illness? And then I would have like pains that would like, maybe my right elbow would be sore. And by the time I could think it, my left foot was sore. By the time I could think it, I had an itch in my ear. And then my jaw was sore on the opposite side. You know, like I really started thinking something is wrong mentally with me because the pains would migrate around my body. And that, of course, is incredibly scary when you're starting. It's scary when strange things are going on and you're having these symptoms, but even more strange when it relates to uh, your mental health, your brain, because that's what you need absolutely to do your job to function as a human being every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that's- yes, which we know then is not helping the body being able to heal if we're in that, you know, high stress, chronic stress state. Right. Right. And so there was this feeling of, do, am I mentally ill? And then there was also this feeling of this is very real and I don't know what's going on. And then I was driving home and I started forgetting the route home that I had driven it thousands of times. 
And I started forgetting. So then I started thinking, am I in dementia zone? What's going on? So in the Googling of all of these things, all these symptoms, one day I Googled pain that moves around the body. And when I Googled that, it was April 26th of 2017. So 14 months after the tick bite, when I Googled pain that moves around the body, the first thing that popped up was hallmark of Lyme disease. And in that moment, I thought, the tick bite, I remember. And that's when I started looking up, what about Lyme disease? And I came across Richard Horowitz's work, and he did that Lyme MSIDS questionnaire, which is multi-systemic infectious disease syndrome questionnaire. And um, I, I don't remember the scoring at this moment. It's been some years, but it was like the, the scoring of probability having Lyme. Right. And the probability was something like 60. I think they re rescored it, you know, as for scaling it. Mm-hmm. Like the the high probability was 60 and I was something like 180. I, I should go look up those numbers again so I could say it accurately. But I remember it was like triple the number that was um, the high number. Marker. Right. Yes. Thank you. That's the words. Right. And so I I then called the clinic and I said, and remember, I said I was in Rochester. So I am in the town of Mayo Clinic, you know, where where there's a lot of information, a lot of research. It is Western medicine, though, you know, so there's some harshness to the treatments. Anyways, that's another story. I mean, that's part of the story. So anyway, I call and I say, I don't care what department. I don't care what doctor. I just want to talk to a specialist in Lyme disease. And I had looked up information from all kinds of places and highlighted this and this and this and printed the questionnaire. And and then I went to the doctor and he looks at the photo on my phone of the rash that I had on my belly. And he says, oh, that is conclusively Lyme disease. Four months later. And by that time, it was in my brain and it was in my spinal cord and it impacted my vision quite a lot which makes it hard for driving, getting to and from work and was impacting, you know, your ability to function at work, at home, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you did all the right things. You went to the doctor, you got a second opinion and yet you still, you know, had symptoms, things were going on. You didn't know what they were. You were trying to get answers and you couldn't get answers. And that is fortunately what often happens. And, no fault of our medical system, but here's the thing. No one person can know everything, right? right? And so that's why I always share, get a second opinion, get a third opinion, look at different types of healing modalities, because what the first person says it isn't, do they really know? Or is that just based on the knowledge they have today? And if you ask someone else with a different background, different training, you're, you may get a different answer that helps you narrow in on what's going on far sooner, right? But you right. don't want to people telling you no. And, you know, how far do you keep going? That's always the question for people, right? You thought you, you, thought you had done enough, but... You had these weird symptoms, you were listening to your body, and you were still trying to figure it out. And that is what is so important, because we are our own best doctors. We've lived in our body our entire lives, and we know when something is wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens in too many cases is people don't pay attention to the symptoms, They are so used to ignoring them and pushing through because that's what society teaches us. 
to toughen up, right? To just suck it up. All of these words that we've heard all of our lives versus understanding that these symptoms are in fact our body's way of communicating with us and telling us something is wrong and asking us to do something differently. I am so glad you're saying that. I will say that is the big learning curve for me. That was it. That whole idea to say, okay, that what is known from the standardized way that it happens typically to all people is one thing. And that's what the medical establishment says. And that's important information. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's not what I was experiencing and to learn to listen to my body and to, and to um, go past what is common sense or prior knowledge or my known experience was definitely a learning curve to realize that connection of what it is that I think and how I recover. It's been fascinating. And what's also fascinating is that we are all different. There are no two of us alike on the planet from our fingerprints being different to our microbiome being just as different. So of course, the way illness manifests in our body is going to be different. And so Yes, you know, there's all this research out there that says these are the typical symptoms. Yes. But that word typical is key. <laughs> it doesn't say that. If it just says these are the symptoms, read in the word typical. Yes. Yes. It doesn't mean those are the only symptoms or the only way it manifests in the body because it can be different. You know, the shape of your rash was different mm-hmm. that the two doctors that are looking at the standard symptoms tell you it's not Lyme. But the specialist who's done a lot more, seen a lot more, right off the bat says typical Lyme, right? Yeah. And, and you know, interestingly, the Minnesota Health Department still says that it can't be Lyme unless the tick is attached for 24 to 48 hours. It, the, it still says that. And that isn't true. It isn't true. You know, for a fact, it isn't true. And what I've learned, interestingly, and from my mentor and listening to some of his podcasts, and I've also heard it from other doctors on the holistic side as well, it can take 20 years for mainstream medical to catch up. By the time the research is done, and then it has to, you know, be peer reviewed and published And then however many years it takes to get into the medical schools to be taught to the new wave of doctors, right? That the wave of doctors we're dealing with today isn't being taught that unless they're going back and specifically choosing to study that in their ongoing education that's required every year. They might never come across that new research. And so they simply don't know. And so it takes a really long time for new information Mm-hmm. Take it to the family doctor or the emergency doctor. Right. Yeah, that learning was really something too. I remember when somebody said to me, okay, now your job is to become an expert in Lyme. And I thought, what do you mean? And so they explained this concept to me. And so I thought, oh yeah, I suppose. Even if I'm a mom or if I'm a speech pathologist or whatever, I don't know either everything that can ever go wrong that is in my field or my category. Because there's just too much in the world, you know, to know. Exactly. So, so to know what this experience of Lyme disease was in my body and to be able to hear, okay, I'm tired now. I'm going to listen to my body and rest now. Or, you know, like my eyes are not 
working right. You know, like I, I can't comprehend what I'm reading. I'm going to just take a break, shut my eyes and go, you know, lay down or something like that. Whatever it is during that process was was a big learning curve, but an important one. Mm-hmm. And also the learning to slow down, because let's face it, you yes. You were building a career. You had an important career that you loved. You're a mom. You're a wife. You had a full life. And so now, though, you needed to slow down in order to give your body that space to heal. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. So you see the specialist is confirmed Lyme disease. What's next? So after that, I was put on a, a big round of antibiotics and I did get substantially better. And then, um, but I wasn't totally better. And so what the doctor said was, if these antibiotics were going to cover all of Lyme and co-infections, then it would be um, the right treatment for you. But you clearly have something else going on. So with that statement, I better say what co-infections are. Mm-hmm. So tick-borne illness isn't you know, like it's kind of categorically called Lyme disease, but think of it as an umbrella. And one of the colors in that umbrella top is Borrelia, which is one bacteria that specifically that we call Lyme disease. And it gets even more specific that it's Borrelia burgdorferi that is the Lyme disease. And yet we kind of just name all tick-borne illnesses that way. Now, if you think of all the triangles on that umbrella, each one can be a different type of bacteria, virus, protozoa, parasite kind of infection. Mm-hmm. And so I had a concoction that included all four categories. And so I then, so anyway, I was treated with um, some antibiotics. They covered then, it must, I'm assuming, the Borrelia portion of it. But right. I still had some characteristics of the Lyme that wasn't going away. Still some brain things. I had pain in my feet. I had, you know, some weird, just other things happening with my vision. And so um, the doctor said, well, we're going to have to start you on a different type. And so then I, he says, but, you know, it, it might be a little bit unusual how you respond. And I, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, he said it wasn't going to be as clear cut as the first round of antibiotics. So I just said, okay, whatever. I just want it done. I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. I just want it done was my attitude. And, and fair enough, it's 14 months in at this point, and you've been well, struggling for quite some time now. Right. So the 14 months in was the first line of antibiotics. Right. There was another uh, five months passed and I was on the second round of antibiotics. And this was a different category. And that what that ended up doing in retrospect, I understand it woke up the Lyme disease and I started getting very sick. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started talking to integrative medicine, thinking, let's see now, should I do this or that? Because in the meantime, I was studying, you know, from the time that I learned that I had Lyme to the time that I was following through with the Western medicine, I had been studying like 
what other things are there? Because I've kind of always had a bent towards let's do it naturally. Let's do it holistically. Can I use food to heal? Those kind of things have always been in me. So I was looking for that. In that process, I learned uh, an integrative approach would be a good approach. And I learned an Eastern approach would be a good approach. So I had been down those paths. And then, um, so December 7th, then I went to integrative medicine and she combined herbs and more antibiotics. And I was on so many antibiotics for about 10 weeks and I was on close to 50 pills a day. Wow. Yeah. Not just of antibiotics, but of antibiotics plus supplements so that Hopefully my body would be able to manage was her words. Right. And then it was February 13th when I realized I'm dying. I don't know if I'm going to recover. I don't know what to do. I it's worse. Everything's worse. And so I thought I, I can't control the Lyme per se, but I can control if I'm taking this medicine. So I'm going to stop. And so that day I, without telling my family or anybody, I just put all the medicine into a bag and shoved it under the, under the corner of the couch where I was laying and, um, and thought that's it. At least I'll feel a little bit better if I don't survive. And if I do survive, good. (laughs) You know, I I didn't know what was going to happen. So. But what was what you did know that what you were doing wasn't working. And so exactly again, something had to change. Right. And that was a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. It went against the logic that I understood from the doctor, but it was something that I thought, you know, I have a history of doctors telling me, boy, you're just not textbook. And so like when I take medicine, even Tylenol or something like that, a half a dose works, a regular dose, I can get worse. You know, so I have this history of having atypical responses. Right. So that's also in my knowledge base as I take the pharmaceuticals of antibiotics that were a huge concoction. And so when I put them aside, I think that is something I can control. This is now 10 months on antibiotics. Plus you've added in some supplements for a couple of months at this point, right? Lots of supplements. And it wasn't a consistent 10 months. It was, oh boy, two months on and then two months off and a month on and then a few weeks off and then 10 weeks on eight weeks on something, you know, so it was on and off like that. Yeah. And so that's also really hard on your body, really Oh my gosh, your body to be, you know, your liver to be processing all of that and just what it's doing to your gut health as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so our gut health, we need for healing. We know that all health starts in the gut. And when our gut's out of balance, then that can work negatively against our health. And so while we're putting the antibiotics in to help the Lyme, what are we then doing in terms of the imbalance or dysbiosis we're causing in your gut? Yeah. And at that point, my gut then was wrecked. <laughs> and so. But you listened to it. It was still messages and your gut instinct was to stop. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And at that point, then I thought, I'm just going to go completely Eastern. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, on April 26th, that was the same day I had figured out the diagnosis. A year later, that was my first day in Eastern medicine. And that was when they started to really, really turn around. 
And so I, I think that there was a place for the Western medicine. There was a place for the integrative medicine. Maybe it was partly getting my mind able to do something that doesn't make sense. I remember going there thinking just because I don't understand doesn't mean it doesn't work. And I just kept on that mantra. This makes no sense to me. <laughs> and so I, yeah. Very, very true. And, and you know, integrative medicine from my perspective as an integrative health practitioner, what my mentor taught and his story of healing himself when Western medicine failed him, he had three autoimmune diseases. He was 17 years old, couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And his doctors just said, we can't do anything more for you, but here are these pills you have to take every day for the rest of your life. And they were still not even helping him get out of bed. And it was his grade 12 year. And so he then set out on a mission to heal himself much as you did. And decided, okay, Western medicine's failing me. I'm going to find the best medicine in the world that's going to heal me. And in that process, he studied naturopathic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, bioregulatory medicine, orthomolecular medicine, and Chinese traditional medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. And (laughs) he thought he would find the one that was the best. And what he discovered is there is no best one, but you can take pieces from all of them as needed in order to heal, right? And a part of that is this Eastern medicine that you're talking about. And also, again, listening to our body to be guided as to what it is needing. And then, you know, knowing the resources that are available to you. So when you say you started working with Eastern medicine, I presume you were working with a practitioner that specialized in Eastern medicine that was able to guide you. Is that right? Yes. And that was the first thing he did which was fascinating to me, was uh, say to me, uh, he, he says, holy cow. And he's doing something with energy. And I didn't understand anything with energy at that point. And he says, you always is tense. And I looked at him and I, I didn't actually feel tense at that moment because I was laying down. And, <laughs> and he said, you are really sensitive to EMF radiation. And so the first thing he did was... Um, harmonize, he said, my body for EMF radiation. And and so from that to learning about infrared saunas, to learning about different supplements and remedies and, and all of these different things were all new, different, and weird to me, mm-hmm. where, where I didn't feel like, like I should tell anybody. It was, it was like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I just wasted my money. I don't know if I just like, this is crazy. And then I just kept on saying again, just because I don't understand doesn't mean it doesn't work. And I just kept on believing that it was going to work, but I believed all along that each thing I did was going to work. But then, so that one was a push to believe it was, <laughs> it was going to work. But well, I really like the mantra that you created for yourself. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. That's that was, you know, you had to do that in order to keep your belief alive that you could heal. And again, it comes down to. We have to keep trying the different options. And as long as we have options to try, we can continue on our healing path. Right. It's amazing how many options there are. Like I have done so many things. And the more I've learned, there's so many more that I never touched. So that has been fascinating too. Absolutely. And interestingly, I've just recently done a podcast on that. I think it's my 
the um, previous podcast to this one, if anybody wants to go back and listen to it, is an amalgamation of all of my podcasts since I started uh, my podcast back in March of 2021, of all of the different practitioners that have been on the show, just showcasing the different modalities to healing. And that is by no means every single modality, but it's just showing you the breadth and all of them are on the holistic side of healing. And I also dove into in a previous podcast to that, all of those different um, types of medicine that my mentor went through and that he considers to be integrative when we bring in pieces of all of them. So listeners can go back and enjoy those podcasts. That is so fascinating because I think you're so right when you say that you all of these things matter. All of these things can help, but not this particular thing at this time. Rather, listen to your body and say, okay, maybe this one right now. And then it's like a layering and you take when that one is kind of done. There's like a sense within you that you're kind of like, okay, I know I'm done with that. And it's kind of like for me, I, I think of it as like I'm eating dinner. I know when I'm done. Right. And then I'm done. And then I know when I need to eat something else because sometimes like I'm going to be thirsty, not hungry. And like, okay, I'm, it's time to do something different than food. You know, I mean, that's a very lame example maybe, but it's, it's kind of how I think about being able to read my body now. And not that I'm great at it. I'm still learning. Well, we're always still learning. And I don't think it's a lame example at all because it is one area where people do still have some modicum of awareness of how their body's communicating with them. But truly, unfortunately, so much of our awareness has just been trained out of us as we've been taught to suck it up and push through and be tough and you can do this and ignore, <laughs> ignore the symptoms, right? And that starts in early childhood. And the reality is, is we do need to be in tune with our body. And just because you've been trained out of it, you can train yourself back into it. And it's just a matter of slowing down and listening and paying attention. And something as simple as, you know, you stub your toe to stop and think, why did I just stub my toe right now? And is it because I'm rushing? And as you start to do this, that increases your awareness and in baby steps, and you start to have greater awareness so that if you are in some kind of, you know, health crisis, or even before you get to that health crisis, you're aware of the symptoms so you can take action sooner. I mean, you tried to take action as soon as you could, I get it. And you were, you know, really misled by two doctors that were convinced you did not have Lyme disease, and yet you did. And who are doing the best they knew at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it still comes down to our responsibility for our body. And if something is still going on, we have to keep getting to the bottom of it and not just accept, I don't have that because they told me so, because they can't possibly know everything. But as you said, they were doing the best they can based on the knowledge they had. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, so keep going with the story. You're, you're working with energy healing. You were told that you were super tense. and Okay, so, yeah, then I had um, just a variety of things. The main foundational thing I was told first in order to calm my system to be able to heal was mitigating EMF. So I now and still turn off, and I advocate this for everybody, turn off all Wi-Fi 
turn off your phone, turn off the computer, actually turn off all internet at night and let yourself sleep without having the frequencies all around you because it allows your system to relax. And now I'm sensitive enough that like it happened just the other night, somebody was visiting and, and the Wi-Fi was on later. They said they turn it off. And I woke up and I was like, just tense. I thought, what is that? And it was like, not really a sound, but it's almost like a, a tingling, kind of like a sound in my neck and ear. And I didn't know what it was and I couldn't sleep. And then, and then I had the thought, the Wi-Fi is still on. And I thought about it for a little while. And I thought, yeah, it sounds like, it. isn't that interesting? I can't hear it, but yet I describe it as I sound, it sounds like it. And so I went downstairs and they had forgotten it on. I turn it off and I, I feel like, and then I went right back to sleep. So whatever it is about me, I am particularly sensitive to it. Yes. And many other people are. And it's interesting because I had a guest on my podcast um, this past summer, early fall, it's episode 79. And we talked about getting grounded by nature, but his expertise is in EMF and he's created some EFM rocks to help people, you know, mitigate their, the EMF exposure. And there's so many things that are coming out. And I fully agree with you that it's a problem and we need to be, you know, turning off Wi-Fi, keeping cell phones out of bedrooms, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sensitive to it as well. And I've never had my cell phone in my bedroom overnight. Um, and yet when I travel and I'm in a hotel room, mm -hmm. the first time I did that, I just had it on the bedside table for lack of, I didn't have it downstairs like I do at home, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm charging it at the bedside table. And the next morning I woke up with a headache and I thought, okay, that's odd. You know, sometimes I get headaches, but they're more hormonal. And this wasn't around the time of my cycle. And then the next day it happened too. And suddenly I went, Ooh, I've got my cell phone right by my head while I'm sleeping. Maybe that's not a good thing for me. And so the next night I was in that hotel for a week. So the third night I left it in the bathroom mm. and, uh, and no more headaches. Right. And so that just showed me just how sensitive my body was to having my cell phone right by my head and how many people do that every single night. And, you know, I have, safe sleeves that have EMF radiation protection on my phone. Um, and for anybody that wants to research this, it's on my website at yourguidedhealthjourney.com. You can go to resources and then my recommendations, and you can find a number of different things that help block EMF because it is a problem and it's becoming more and more of a problem in our world today as we go into 5G. And the thing is, is that we are the human test. This has never been tested for any amount of time on people, right? And how it impacts us. And again, we are all different. We have different degrees of sensitivity to caffeine, to sugar, to hot, to cold, and to EMF. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling, it is definitely an area to look at. Yes. So that was a huge foundational piece for me. And then after that, then they... Um, did other things with supplements and, and remedies and all, all kinds of stuff. But that was, that was my starting block. Not everybody's like you say, but that was my starting blocks. Yeah. And then it's been a, a, a journey of undoing mm -hmm. and then rebuilding my microbiome for sure. And doing a lot with bone broth and nutrition and having the proper diet and proper diet, meaning like, um, gut health kind of diet specifically to be able to rebuild 
Yes. To read yes. the balance of the good bacteria to the bad bacteria, et cetera. Right. And another key piece to that that I heard you say was this practitioner talking about how tense you were and that we have to get you out of that sympathetic state in order for the body to heal. And I mentioned that earlier, not even knowing that was part of your journey, but something that I learned very early on as I became a health coach was the body simply cannot heal in that sympathetic state. Right. Yeah. He talked about that. In that sympathetic state, all the brain cares about is getting you to safety. It believes you need to be able to fight or flee or freeze in because you're unsafe. And as a result, it's pumping cortisol through your body, adrenaline through your body to give you the strength and the energy to get to safety. But in order to provide the body the energy to do that, it's taking energy from elsewhere. And one of those places is our immune system mm. and the body's ability to heal and to fight off you know, other, um, you know, viruses, bacteria, et cetera, coming in. And so that too was such a huge piece. So how did they work with you to help you get out of that state? Do you remember? Um, we talked about meditation, mm-hmm. we talked about breathing. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest change was in my memory here, you know, was really that EMF thing. Like, like I was capable of trying once that was mitigated. And then after that, then he talked a lot about, you know, sleep. Right. And, um, and with the mitigating of EMF, my sleep improved. And with right. my sleep improving, my decisions make, decision-making improved. And yeah. I had more energy to even do the cooking that I needed to do. And then I had my daughter and, and others here and a boyfriend that would like come and, and just do all kinds of stuff. You said a, a wife I wasn't married. <laughs> so now I'm talking about boyfriends. So I should probably straighten that out. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, so I had people that came to take care of me at that right. time. Right. So you didn't have to do it all yourself. So right. Right there, that support is helping get you out of that chronic stress state, as well as the sleep that happens in your rest and digest state. Right. So yeah. the more you're sleeping, uh, the more you're helping your body heal, boosting your immune system. Sleep makes you more resilient to the stresses as well. And mm-hmm. sleep, lack of sleep negatively impacts your gut health. So good sleep is positively impacting the healing of your gut. Yes. And then when that started happening, then we really focused a lot on detoxing. Mm -hmm. And my attention turned to an infrared sauna Mm -hmm. and using that multiple times a week. And that was huge, really huge for me. Yeah. Because you had to detox all of that EMF radiation, as well as just living your life thus far, you know, that's an area of specialty that I work in is helping people detox because we live in a toxic world, but we don't necessarily realize it because we don't feel the toxins in our body specifically. Mm -hmm. We don't see them, but the inflammation in our body, the, you know, increased gut issues that we have, the increased food sensitivities that start happening, hormonal imbalances can all be triggered by our toxic load increasing. And so uh, that's a huge piece of anyone's healing journey, really. That makes a lot of sense. See, I'm learning talking to you today, too. (laughs) Because, like, the hormonal imbalance and the food sensitivities, like, that was this really huge thing for me during this journey. You know, even prior to being diagnosed, I was like, 
I'm sensitive to everything now. It's like I was just hypersensitive. And then my my cycles were all messed up. And I don't didn't know why everything was getting so messed up all of a sudden, you know, like, yeah, so (laughs) we're in toxic overload. Basically, I call it an overflowing trash can. And then when you're in that state, the liver and kidneys can't do what they're supposed to do. The liver can't excrete excess estrogen, which is how it starts to mess up the hormones. It can't get all those toxins out of your body. So it starts storing them in our fat closets, et cetera, to protect them from our bloodstream. But And then we need to support our liver in getting these out and literally picking up that overflowing trash can and dumping it out so we can start afresh which is what you did once you got to that state where you were working with the Eastern practitioner that diagnosed that and then your body can start healing. Right. It's interesting you say that because I remember reading a book during this time. It was uh, Eat, Pray, Love. And one of the, uh, whatever the guy's name was, he's saying, smile in your liver. And so I started thinking about this concept of smiling in your liver and then we start having conversations about that that idea of from the core of your being to have that gratitude and that joy that happiness from deep and how that in and of itself can also work with the detox mechanism and so liver health came up with integrative medicine with eastern medicine just continuously came up for how to deal with it is is detoxing from the liver and smile in your liver then. <laughs> well, I, I love that you learned that. And I, I really thank you for sharing this story. And, you know, here you are now six, almost seven years after that tick bite and you're thriving because you took the time to truly listen to your body, seek out solutions, learn, change you know, do things differently in order to regain your health. So from that day where you literally thought I'm dying to hear, you know, what a powerful difference. And we all have the ability to do that. And I think that's a powerful message that you're sharing. So thank you so, so much. And as we wrap up this episode, I would love to ask you, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? For me now, it means something different. Now, it means to look at all of the other factors that are playing in your life and realize the the heaviness when you start feeling tired, when you start feeling like ornery, (laughs) you start feeling moody. All of those things are like the first sign indicators. And now it means don't push through them. It means listen and take a break and get quiet enough to figure out what's going on. And now I do that. Now I understand that all of these like aches and pains in my body might just be my body telling me, hey, slow down or change directions. So I listen to when I have an ache in my hips or something like that. And I think, hmm, is this about something else? Or is it actually like I strained something? You know, like what is it? And so now don't wait for... um, would you say your wake up call? Wake is, up call yes. <laughs> so it means I'm going to take care of stopping and listening now. I love that. I love that. And so if anybody wants to reach out to you to learn more, you've worked on a book, um, would love you to share how people could get hold of you and share a little bit about the book that is now out. 
Thank you. Yes. So I am not a health practitioner. I'm a parent coach. This is just something that has happened to me. It is my health crisis journey. I don't coach people on health, I, but I am free to tell my story. I'm, and I like to be able to help encourage people that you can get through a chronic illness, even one that is debilitating and keeps you in bed for months on end like it was for me. I want people to know that it doesn't end there. And so um, I contributed to a book called Gift of the Universe Through Women That Lead because um, somebody I met, Orly Moore, said to me, hey, you are a leader in your own home. How have you impacted your family because of your Lyme journey? And so I talked to my family. I said, how's it impacted you? And then I, I wrote one chapter in this book. And see, I get a cover. There's my picture on the back. It's so fun. So I have books. If somebody wants to buy that, I would be happy to send those books. And anybody can get a hold of me for speaking or for um, buying a book or um, just conversation if you are interested in uh, talking to somebody that also has had a chronic illness. And my email is dinalinr at gmail.com. Well, thank you. That is so generous of you. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely make sure your email is in the show notes so people can reach out if they would like to. And as we wrap, do you have any last uh, comments for the audience to inspire them to get started or continue their health journey today? Yes, it is. Just because you don't understand doesn't mean it isn't true. That has gotten me through so many things. (laughs) I love that. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Dina Lynn. Thank you to the audience for listening. This is a really powerful episode of healing and hope. And if you know someone who's struggling, please feel free to go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.